Hello everyone, this is the Audience Explorer, a podcast for you as a founder or creator who wants to develop an audience for your product or service. I'm Matthias Bohlen. Hello, dear listeners. Good morning. This is Matthias again with another episode of the Audience Explorer. Today, I'm happy to have Alex Yui here from Spain. Mm -hmm. He's a social media consultant, content creator and writer, and uh, he helps uh, creators and entrepreneurs to leverage social media content so that they can grow their business, their brand, their audience. And I'm so interested in how he does it. So good morning, Alex. Nice to have you here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. That's nice. Um, so to get into all this audience building stuff uh, that you do, that your customers do. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your backstory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm Alex. As, I, as you said, I'm based in, in Spain. So uh, around like for the past five, four years, I've been working on advertising agencies. Uh -huh. So basically I was helping like other people build. Uh, mostly I was focused on the uh, digital marketing side of it and on social media, especially. Uh -huh. So I was helping build uh, like brands on social, like content, influencer marketing, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I've been doing that for four or five years. And then uh, when COVID um, came, uh, I got fired basically because, the, um, you know, like the agency couldn't sustain uh, like the, the Spanish office that we had. So we ah, have one okay. in Madrid and one in Barcelona. I used to be based in Madrid uh -huh. and they, they just decided to close the, the office because the, the numbers uh, didn't add up anymore. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so that's yeah. at the same time, that's what was, uh, that was when I started creating content on Twitter. Uh, as the main output and then from there like uh, i started sharing my thoughts around social media you know like building auditions like everything that i did basically on my corporate job yeah. i tried to switch to switch it to my uh let's say uh, thought sharing and uh, content creation and that led to people starting to reach out to me for for opportunities for like freelance opportunities like interested to work with me And, you know, like little by little, that's how I started growing like the freelance business and, and my Twitter profile at the same time. So that's basically right now I am like a mix of creator slash uh, consultant, as you ah, said. Okay. So it's like, like a, a bit of both worlds, but it's, it has been like super fun and, and challenging at the same time, but it's, it's, um, it has been great. Um, what, what is it that you talk about to your, to your clients when you say you, you are consulting with social media stuff? What, what typically are the topics you're talking with them? So they usually come to me for various reasons. Like one of the first ones is that they, they usually don't have enough time to, to implement um, the content creation, like mm -hmm. social media. Like they know, they are aware that it's a really interesting channel to be in. But at the same time, it requires like a lot of content, uh, mm -hmm. of time, sorry. Mm -hmm. So, and content too. <laughs> so they basically come to me for help on like on the strategic side. So, so they can like optimize their efforts in that, in that sense. And also even some of them even ask for help on the content creation side of things. So like they look more for more like a complete package. So like mm -hmm. there is like mm -hmm. those two things like strategic, but also like implementation. So. Uh, I do a bit of both. Like I'm trying to move a bit away from the implementation side of it because it's, as I said, it's super time consuming. Yeah. Um, and I, I have more fun on the, uh, let's say, strategic side of things, but I like both. 
But anyways, it's just like, those are like the two main things that they ask for me. Ah, strategy and implementation. What would you say are some good elements of a, of a good social media strategy? How, how do I differentiate between a good and a bad strategy? Yeah, so probably basically uh, the first one should be like, what, what are you trying to achieve with social media? Because if you are looking for followers or something like that, it's, I mean, it's, it's cool, but like there should be like another goal after that. For, for example, like some people are looking for more signups to their products yeah. or like... Um, for example, signups is one thing, sales on the back end, not like on the front end, but on the back end, because, uh, for example, establishing yourself as a, as a thought leader, as people like to say, yeah. it's easier to get sales on the back end, like people asking you for, you know, like for consultancy gigs, for example, in my case, or for other founders is like uh, investment rounds, like stuff like that, just, um, you know, like people really <laughs> uh, like having a lot of followers apparently is a good signal. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So even if followers is not the most important, still for the majority of the audience, for majority of the public, it means like when there is like 10,000 people following someone, it must mean something, or, or at least that's the thought process that people have. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing that they are looking to, to build uh, mostly. And, and the strategy, what would you say? What is a good strategy to do that? Or does it completely depend on the context? I mean, it really depends on the on the person also too, and on the industry they are looking to to grow. For example, like I mostly work, I guess, with startup people and like mm -hmm. marketing agency, like on that niche. So basically, it's a lot of thought leadership about uh, getting your opinions out there and your thoughts out there in the most clear way. So that's uh -huh. basically uh -huh. one of one of the things. Like one of the things that I always uh, tell people that, that we should aim for is clarity and simplicity. Those uh -huh. are like two, uh -huh. two really good things because to, nowadays we are like super fast paced, like information is super fast paced. People don't have time to browse social media or at least, I mean, exactly. they have time to browse social yeah. media, but if, if, they, if they don't get hooked on the first four or five seconds, then it's super difficult for them to engage and keep reading and so on. So I try to always prompt and help my clients get that, you know, like get the... Uh, how can you say your message, but in the most simple and direct way possible uh -huh. and still be like a good message and insightful. So, I mean, it's a tough balance to get, but once once you get there, it's like super effective. That's cool. So thought leadership would be one thing and clear messaging is the other thing. Two, two elements of a really good uh, social media yeah. strategy. Yeah, thank you. Um, how did all this um, get started? You, you said the, the agency was closing, you moved into, you, into your freelance role. Um, how did you find the first people who, uh, whom you were working for, your first persons, uh, people in yeah. your audience? So it was, it, it was fun because I didn't even, I wasn't even looking for them. So they came to me okay. and it was around the time that I had around a thousand followers something like that so not even like a big big huge profile uh -huh. it was just sharing the things that i was doing and sharing how i'm building an audience and so on and one person reached out and said okay i'm, I'm i want to scale my content creation i need someone to help me with uh, coming up with content ideas and stuff like that so and mm -hmm. that was all via twitter dm uh, we just uh, jumped on a call he asked me what what i like what he wanted to do I made a proposal and that's, that's how it happens. But it, it wow. was all like, like the, the thing was, he saw my content, he reached out to me. He, you know, like we had a call and from that call, I sent a proposal. He said, yes. And actually it, I still work with that, with that one person oh. <laughs> uh, nowadays. So like 10 months later, it's, he's still like a, a client and we have like, like a really good relationship. So, yeah. 
That's a good sign when people come from from their own uh, uh, point of view and and with their own energy. So the, yeah. you need not have to pull them, but they 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 come to you. That's that's exactly. a really good sign. And yeah. how did you grow from there, from the first uh, person to to more people? How did how did that happen? Yeah. So as I mean, the the next thing I did was like, okay, now I need to have like a. a a personal website or some on something where uh -huh. people can really see what what I can provide for them. So I basically crafted like a quick one on on Notion, like based on Notion on the tool. Uh -huh. It's it's quite easy to do. It's not like no code and everything. So I'm like I suck at code. I don't know how to code or anything, but yeah. I can you know like move a few blocks that that I can do. So <laughs> <laughs> basically, I, I I did that. I put a website on Notion and I put that on my Twitter profile, and I put like a. a a booking thing so where people can book like 30 minutes with me if they have like like for free but it's like a like a discovery call let's say so people mm -hmm. can book mm -hmm. it and see if they like if they need my help or not so we have like a chat they ask they tell me what problem do they have i tell them what solutions can i bring if any and from there um i started getting more more and more customers but the good thing and the thing that i'm always like super grateful and I don't even know exactly how how I did it. Is that they always come to me because of that funnel. So basically, it's my content attracts people to my profile. When they check my profile, they check my website. When they check my website, they see that I offer this kind of service, and then we have the call. And from there, they become or not clients. But that's like more or less the the way it works. Ah, that's how the funnel works. It, lo yeah. it lo looks so simple. It's it's amazing. It's it's simple, but it works. So for me, it's more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I, I think that's a consultant's dream, right? When when you have a steady yeah. incoming stream of of new prospects who are interested, and not everyone becomes a customer, but but uh, I, I think the stream of prospects is really important. Yeah, that's the thing because, as you said, when they come, is because they are like really interested. So I'm not like cold outreaching or anything. So they yeah. are coming to me because they trust somehow my brand. So that it's way easier also to to sell to sell to them because they already have like the the foot in the door. So I just need yeah. to make it like easy and clear for them in that sense. Interesting. And can you correlate any of your activities with the incoming stream? Is there any correlation at all? Sometimes I think when I do mm -hmm. something, nothing happens. Another time I do something, oh, something happens. Yeah. And I don't know why something happens and why it's not happening. So is, can you describe some kind of correlation or isn't there? Yeah, yeah. there is like uh, when, when I have a, because I try to publish content daily. So it's mostly tweets, but every now and then I post a thread. And some threads, they do just okay. Some threads do really bad. But sometimes every now and then there's like a thread that goes crazy. Like that goes like way beyond uh, what's my normal, let's say, engagement numbers. And mm -hmm. when that happens, like the next day, <laughs> I usually have like a few DMs or even like a few booking uh, calls or something that people interested on the on the subject. So I guess it's, it's a thing of they see like, okay, this guy can do this kind of stuff. So let's see if he can do it for me. I think this is more or less like the thought process ah, <laughs> that okay. goes inside people's people's heads. So it happens, you know, like I feel the optic when a thread or like a tweet, no, mostly threads, uh, go a bit viral. So yeah, I would say that's like the correlation. And what would you say? What would you say? What made those uh, threads go viral versus the other threads that didn't go viral? What was the difference? Yeah. So so there is like a few things that every time that i made the thread go viral they, they they are the same and it's like the first thing is the hook like the first tweet 
uh-huh. it's need, it needs to be like super good, like a, a, a really good hook. Um, it's usually a promise to the audience. So like, uh-huh. for example, uh-huh. here are th- five things I learned while be, like spending $1 million in marketing. That's a, <laughs> okay. that's a really good hook because you, you say like the million dollars and yeah. you're like, okay, this is interesting. And now you yeah. get to read it. But so that first tweet needs to be like super, super good. And it's the key to everything basically, because uh, as we said before, the the audience, the attention spans are super short. So if I cannot capture them with the first tweet, they won't, they won't even spend the effort that it takes to read a 10 tweet mm-hmm. thread, which is not mm-hmm. a big effort, but for most of us, I think it's super like, okay, this is not interesting. I'm not going to read and just keep, keep scrolling. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, so capturing like, their attention, yeah. right? With a you, you said with a promise. That's interesting. You you make some mm-hmm. promise in the first tweet. Yeah, I, I try to have like a promise to the audience in the sense that you will learn five things that I learned uh-huh. while spending one million dollars, for example. I mean, that's not that's not my case, but <laughs> but you know, like if I if I read if I read that, I know that okay, this is super interesting. Like they're promising me that I will learn from someone uh-huh. that spent one million dollars. That's super interesting, and that's like a good value proposition for for the for the audience that's really interesting i get that yeah i i catch myself when when i'm scrolling through my my twitter feed i i can watch myself seeing those promises from time to time and i think oh this must be interesting yeah that's that's a good way to do it are there any other um yeah, um, um, I saw you create this this brand called the Twitter Thief. I find that very interesting. <laughs> Stealing something yeah. from someone. What, what is that about? So that came from when I read the Still Like an Artist book. Uh, that's a, it's a really good book about creativity and where ideas come from and stuff like that. And basically, like the whole point of the book is that there is no like original idea. Everything uh-huh. is built upon previous ideas and so on, even if you even if you are not aware of it, like everything you read, everything you consume, like all, all gets in your head, gets mixed and then it gets out. But yeah. it's basically like a compound of other ideas. So I, I realized that when I started tweeting, I always try to be like super original with my thoughts or at least try to yeah. come up. So I was just opening a blank page and try to write 10 tweets. And that's like, barely impossible for me like <laughs> just come up with then ideas but then i realized that when i had more ideas was what it was when i was reading other people's tweets um and not in the sense that i just copy paste the tweet but that reading one person's tweet about marketing for example sparks like one idea on my head and then it's when i you know get to write a, a tweet or a thread so that's where the twitter thief came it's a bit of a mix of my process of stealing those ideas and converting them into tweets Mm -hmm. so that's one thing and also at the same time i'm i um the way that i got followers at the beginning uh that i uh, was uh, what i call stealing followers but it's really just uh going to a bigger audience like uh, someone who has a bigger audience is going to their profile and when they post a tweet you give a reply with the highest value you can give so in the sense that it complements their tweet and when you do that, it usually puts a lot of attention in yourself because you are leveraging that person's attention uh, uh-huh. uh, and uh-huh. audience. So, for example, if he, if he has 10,000 followers, you post a valuable comment and it gets a few likes, then it gets, you know, like the algorithm puts it at the top. And when someone else visits that tweet, they see your reply on the first tweet and they check your profile and they follow you because what you said makes sense. So that's the way of how you can get a lot of followers uh, early on. 
uh-huh. and so I, I I call that stealing followers, but you can call it whatever you want. But in it it made like a good sense of on the branding of the stealing things, stealing ideas, stealing followers. So yeah, yeah. those those tactics that I used early on on Twitter, I basically compiled them on on an ebook called The Twitter Thief that I, I'm actually I'm looking to rewrite and expand because right now I change it really my methods, but the basics are the same. So I would I would I want to expand on it, but basically that's where the whole Twitter thief things uh, come from. Ah, so that you turned that into an ebook. Is it already published or is it still in the works? Yeah, yeah. I actually published like one one year ago, something like that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I have to buy that. I have to look into this because I I always find it super fascinating what you can do to to grow your audience, to expand your audience. And you said the Twitter algorithm puts your um, valuable tweets if it gets some likes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have like I don't have like uh, s- s- like proof that Twitter yeah. confirmed this, yeah. but like when you check someone's tweets and you see the replies it is it, not like the the likes but probably like the engagement that it gets so if mm-hmm. he gets like a lot of clicks it probably gets put higher and then if you go scroll down lower you you see tweets with no likes and no retweets so mm. my intuition says that if your tweet gets a bit, a, fi- a bit of engagement especially if it's early so if he posted and you comment 10 minutes uh, later it's cool if you comment probably like two days later it's not going to get the same the same ah, effect interesting. but if you are fast and with value it's easier that you your tweet gets shown uh, above the others and then when people come two three four hours later they see the main tweet but the first reply or the second reply they see will be yours so you are like kind of stealing part of that person's yeah. uh, audience Interesting, interesting. Is it? Uh, are you active on more than one social network, or is Twitter your main no, network? For now, saying? it's for now it's just Twitter. But I would like to expand soon. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of like first focusing on one platform, yeah. like really squeezing the most that you can out, out of that platform, and then start funneling part of that audience into the other par- platforms. But right now, it's just Twitter, and I, I still I don't think I'm yet at the point that I could afford to switch to other platforms because I barely, I barely can even keep up with Twitter right now yeah. because I, I have like a few projects going on and so on. So if I just start writing on LinkedIn, for example, that my attention will be even more focused. And for now, I think I will just stick to Twitter, but maybe next year, like sometime early next year, I can switch to somewhere, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. What do you see as the main differences between the different social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and so on? So for me, the good thing about Twitter is that the organic reach is super, uh, super easy to get yeah. impressions on your content because of the retweet system and so on. It's super easy to like get a lot of impressions uh, quick and fast. That's not the case with Instagram, for example. Like it's super hard to get impressions on your content if you don't have like uh, an already an audience. Even if you have a big audience, it's hard to get it. Uh-huh. Like the impressions are not very high. Uh, hashtags don't really work that much. If you are not like a hashtag master, it's super hard to make it work. Uh-huh. Um, another social platform that has really good organic reach uh, is LinkedIn. Even if people like people on Twitter like to to bash LinkedIn a lot, they don't like LinkedIn <laughs> that much. But but in my, from what I've seen, I mean, I'm not experienced in my own flesh, but from what I've seen from other people that I follow and they, they have like an active LinkedIn profile, uh, the organic reach is there and it's really mm-hmm. high and the good thing about LinkedIn is that everyone that's there, probably like the profile, it's better. For example, if you want to sell a course on something, you will get more sales from LinkedIn than Twitter because the people there are people, you know, like who 
usually who have like a work, like a job, or they are like, you know, like looking for this kind of, of, of growing their skills or whatever. So maybe it's easier to sell there. And I know a few people that, that do really, really, really well on mm, LinkedIn. Interesting. Yeah, because people are on, on LinkedIn are more the professional side of, of the world, yeah. right? They want to advance in their job. They want to go on with their career. So, for example, yeah. selling courses could help them in, to advance their exactly. career. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, it's always a matter of bias intention, right? It's, um, mm -hmm. I recently talked to Justin from, from uh, Transistor, from the podcasting service, a hosting yeah. service. And he said, first thing that, that you should do is study where there is real demand, real buyer's intent, and then go into a market if, if you can feel it. Um, yeah. don't, don't try to create buyer's intent. It's not, <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, like, I think that's one, one mistake that I've even seen like a lot of startups founders do. I mean, I'm not a startup founder, but I, I, I see a lot. I follow all, the, all of them. And like the main mistake is that they take, they try to create new markets yeah. when it's way, way easier to build on an existing market. I mean, yeah. you already have proof that the demand is there and everything and creating a new market. If you hit the jackpot, I mean, you, you get a billionaire. But, <laughs> yeah. but like 99% chances are that you are not going to hit the jackpot because for me, it's super difficult to believe that if it does not exist already, it's probably because there is no demand for it. I mean, as you know, like we are a lot of people in the world. So if no one came up with that idea already, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's difficult to think that you will be the one coming up with yeah. that idea. That's right. It's so amazing when I when I see people creating and recreating stuff. Like how many, for example, how many Kanban boards, how many task boards are out there? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gazillions. How many email uh, autoresponder systems are out there? People are still creating them. So I'm always wonder mm, if I was a startup founder, I would try to create something new, but maybe it's not so good to create something new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's more about how you execute those things. And also like what your expectations are, because if you're trying to build a billion dollar company, then you, you need to look for the new thing probably and not build an existing market. But if you want to be like a small but sustainable business, maybe yeah. you can build like an email client and make, I don't know, 20K a month. And that's more than enough for you to you know, like a live, live a comfortable life. Maybe you will not become like a super millionaire, but you will have like a really good life probably. So yeah. I think more, more people should probably like lower their expectations, like of building like a trillion dollar company and maybe just build like a million dollar company. And that should be more than enough. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even the 20 K would give, would give you uh, a lot of yeah. uh, confidence to go on and, and develop another product, for example. Yeah. yeah would exactly. give you yeah. possibility. Um, Alex, when you think about your audience, um, these people who want to grow their audiences, um, can you think of some measures that you will take uh, to grow your, these num this number of people for yourself? So you mean like growing my, my own audience? Yeah. Like so uh, basically the recipe I have been following up until now and the one that I will keep following is just share everything that I learn and 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 know for uh -huh. for free as much as I can so like um consistently sharing everything that I know it's basically what I've been doing about till now it's working people like it and also especially when I mix it with my own personal um experience so Sometimes you can tweet something a bit more general and people react to it, but it's not the same that if I tweet something, 
that comes from my own experience as a creator or as a uh-huh. consultant or something like that. So that's when it really works. And people really like to see those kind of personal personal stories because everyone knows, you know, like how to start a startup. You can just Google that and there is like a bunch of resources, but people like to see like the stories from you building that startup or from me or yeah, from, you know, yeah. like the neighbor, not from, you know, like general advice, like startups are cool. You know, that's general advice, but if you are more focused and you can fit your own story there, then that's when real growth and real audience affinity happens, which is like the thing that I'm after, actually. Audience affinity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, people like stories. People like real experience from you, right? Hearing your story, how you did it, not Mm -hmm. how everybody else did it. (laughs) Exactly. So, for example, that happens to me when, when I share... Because at the beginning, I was a bit skeptic about sharing that I was fired because that's usually seen like a probably like a negative thing. You know, like when you get fired, people wonder why is like you're a yeah. one worker or yeah. all this, you did something wrong. <laughs> I mean, in my case, it wasn't any of that. It was just that the company didn't have any money. Uh, but still, I like I was a bit afraid of sharing that I got fired. But but with time, I realized that that's like a huge um, story pillar on my own story. So yeah. Um, if I'm able to say I got fired, but after getting fired, I managed to build this freelance business and this audience on Twitter and this uh, whatever, then it's just like like that That story clicks with people. It's not like um, I studied the Harvard MBA. My dad gave me a million uh, yeah, dollars yeah, and yeah. now I have a startup. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's more like a. Uh, I mean, it's not, I, I don't want to call myself a hero, but it's like what, what you can call like a hero story, like a hero origins story in yeah, the sense that yeah. you start from the like really low and then you start building something. So that those kind of stories, like they, they work on movies, they work on books. So they also work in, in real That's life. Right. So, and I'm pretty sure that almost everyone has that kind of story. Like not, maybe not getting fired, but you have something that like almost every person has like this thing that they can hone in and if they can manage to find what that is and share it with their audience then that's when you build like a real real like a real audience i think that's that's cool it's almost like this yeah you you already said it the, the hero story who was it aristoteles or someone who yes who got yeah, this content concept like, from the ancient greece or even you know yeah. like even before that's like basic like storytelling 101 is um you know that uh hero stories and yeah. You know, like how the hero grows and how the hero has the journey and so on. So that's basically what I'm trying to do with my, myself. <laughs> cool. What do you think if, if uh, into the future, if you think one one year into the future, what uh, what do you think would, would your own brand then be and, and your own uh, uh, job then be? Yeah. So right now I, I'm, I'm still like, even if I'm more or less like I started freelancing around one year ago right uh-huh. now. So um i'm still like on experimenting phase in the sense that um i try to do a lot of different in the in the same niche but a bit different work uh and see what i really feel like doing and for example as you, as i told you like you know i, I tried execution i also do a strategy yeah. i like both so I'm, t- i'm still trying to figure out what's really the thing that i really like that's on the one side and then on the creator side i released an ebook t- uh, now I'm working on a cohort-based course. Mm. Um, so that's something that I don't know if I will be doing uh, in one year from now, but at least I want to try. I want to see how I feel. I want to see how people uh, react to it. And if people really like it, 
maybe maybe people like it but i don't so i won't keep doing it maybe i really enjoy it and people don't so maybe i will have to rethink how i do it so that's basically how i see things now so it's a bit difficult to predict what will it yeah. be from one year from now because i'm just all the time trying to experiment all the time trying to you know like build different things like that that's the fun part of being a bit free to do whatever you want is that you can touch a lot of things and just stick to whatever you want maybe in the future i want to write a book too maybe not <laughs> uh, maybe start maybe start a podcast too that's something that really interests me uh, always so but i'm not sure if i will do it <laughs> so that's that's basically how it looks <laughs> wow this cohort based course are you still developing it or is it already out yes. there no no i'm i'm actually working on it right now because i'm i don't know if you know the company maven so it's like a company no. that a, a startup that's basically focused on helping creators build cohort based courses ah okay and they they run like a few cohort based courses on how to make a cohort based course so a bit ah. meta <laughs> and they select a few people and they give like good like they have like live lessons and resources and so on so basically you build the course as you as you go and mm -hmm. i'm basically like in the middle of it as we speak so basically i'm building it and maybe i will aim to launch it sometime like next month or something like that it will be like super tight knit like super probably like 10 15 people tops like yeah. i want to to try to have like a really close experience like really beta i will be trying a lot of things and it will be way cheaper than what you could probably price a cohort based course because i've seen crazy prices out there <laughs> so my my at least the beta cohort is not going to be like that that expensive and then if i like it and the experience is good then i will be try to do a few of those every year like maybe two three every year something like that so that's the plan for now cool very cool thanks a lot alex for today i have learned so yeah. much it was so amazing to learn from from all your strategies and tactics thank you yeah thank you for having me thanks for listening to the audience explorer podcast today you can find me on twitter at get the audience and you can check out the blog at gettheaudience.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out to me on Twitter or send an email to matthias at gettheaudience.com. If you want to support this podcast, please leave a rating in your favorite podcast player app. This will help other founders or creators to find this podcast about developing an audience for their product or service. Thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.